0: it's time for episode 19 of the clockwise podcast from the editors of tech hive pc world and mac world recorded december 12 2013 clockwise four guests four topics 30 minutes
1: welcome back to clockwise the half hour podcast with a full hour's worth of information I'm your co-host, Dan Morin, and sitting across from me, virtually, as always, is my co-host, Jason Snell. Hi, Jason. Hi, Dan. I say as always, but I wasn't here last week, so
0: that's that's not true. I lie. You keep saying as always when one of us has abandoned the show.
1: (laughs) I'm trying to establish precedent. Yes, it should be this way. And to my left is our first guest, the inestimable Philip Michaels. Hi, Phil.
2: Hello, Dan. I feel like I only speak to Jason through podcasts now. That's probably best. And I don't speak to you at all. You know what you do. That's
0: also probably <laughs> best. Sure, I'm glad we're working out all these issues. To my left, virtually, is TechHive Senior Editor Susie Oaks. Welcome back, Susie.
3: Thank you. Good to have you back. Yeah, it's nice to be here.
1: Jason, you want to uh, tell the folks at home what they're listening to?
0: Sure, Dan. This is how it works. Uh, every one of us, uh, all four, have brought a technology topic that we think is worth discussing today.
1: And because we do not want to waste your time, it's very valuable, we'll spend just five minutes on each topic. And because I am this week's benevolent overlord... Thanks for showing up. You're welcome. That's (laughs) what I get for showing up. I'll go first, and then we will move clockwise. So, uh, without being too much of a curmudgeon, because I don't really want to horn in on Phil's territory, uh, I, I want to ask... Have we reached or are we reaching peak social media? Is there just too much social media, too much sharing, and the internet consumes too much of our lives? Phil, what
2: say you? Yes. Excellent. Oh, should I say more? (laughs) Um, uh, Yes, uh, Dan. uh, I'm I'm thinking specifically of um, every now and again, someone will approach me since they 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 know I'm a sports fan about a, a new sports uh, social networking uh, uh, site uh, and. The fact that multiple sites are out there suggests that there's too many. And every time that they they do uh, contact me about it, I say, "Oh, you mean like Twitter, where I can go and talk about sports and and other things not related to sports?" Everyone uh, seems to be trying to carve out that we're going to be the the Facebook of sports or we're going to be the 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 Twitter of knitting. And uh, it it uh, th- there are things called Facebook and Twitter that that people can hang out they they cornered the market they got there first you're you got there last you're not gonna uh usurp their territory so yes there are far too many and um uh the ones trying to muscle in now better do something very unique but to me they all seem like uh me too products
0: uh you know i love social media i think twitter is great for interacting with people um you know, I use Facebook less often, but, uh, you know, I do use it too. Uh, and uh, photo sharing is a fantastic thing that I, I, I think is the, like, biggest thing on the internet. And that's why everybody keeps buying giant, you know, or trying to set up photo services. But, yeah, I, I agree. I feel like we're still in this weird place where people are trying to do new social media things with narrower and narrower slices. And I'm just not sure if narrow slices of an audience are going to work because there are these large services where you can use hashtags or lists or other things to find that community within the larger community. And I'm not sure. um, Like I use the only really weird uh, social media uh, app that I use is Untapped, which is uh, about it's about beer. Um, but I got to admit the number one reason I use it is because it lets me keep a log of what what different kinds of beer I've had and whether I like them or not, so I can look them up later and say, oh, I don't want to order that because I didn't like it. Um, And it happens to be social media, uh, but I only really use it, I mean, the only things I do are I use it to log and I use it to post those things to Twitter or Facebook, not like engage in their community. So I feel like social media that kind of connects to these big social media networks and has some extra features is not a bad idea. But um, I, I am getting tired of uh, these sites that, that say, oh, we're going to gonna create our own community and everybody in the world is going to use it because I'm deeply skeptical that, that, that any startup is going to be able to do that anymore given the presence of Facebook and Google and, uh, and Twitter.
3: Um, yeah, I kind of agree with a lot of J- what Jason said. I was just at a launch party last night for a social network um, app called Crushed that sounds like you know tapped for wine. Um, so yeah, you, you log all the wines that you've tried and what you thought of them and you can cheers other people's posts and have a, your own special friends list in that app or... Um, use Facebook and Twitter. So, yeah, I think those niche ones are kind of cool. A friend of mine started an online community for people with Crohn's and colitis. So, and that they found a lot of support. There's probably stuff that they can relate to that they wouldn't want to talk about on Facebook, but when you're with, you know, like-minded community and social networks make that really easy. So I think there's room for those um, niche products. But uh, the problem might be that we haven't reached like one social network that is the peak. Like Google Plus has tons of great features. We just did an article on TechHive about why you would want to use Google Plus. It turns out there's a lot of great stuff on there, but nobody's there. So the one that you end up on is the one all your friends are on. And I still have, you you know, some friends who check Twitter and some friends who check Facebook. And so maybe if we had one, I don't want to get too Dave Eggers on it, but maybe if we had one that everyone was on, then these little ones would kind of go away. But I feel like they do serve a good purpose for now.
1: Yeah, I don't know if we just need one just because I feel like then you get into like the scary like, oh my God, this is a monolithic place where you must share your thoughts. But at the same time, I also feel like there's it's so oversaturated right now that we're cruising for the same sort of bubble burst we had way back in 2001 with the dot coms. It just seems like there's not enough money to support all the possible social networkings that people are making, um, so yeah, I think that we may have reached the sort of top of the roller coaster ride, and I think there's a point where it's going to hit, you know, start going downhill pretty quickly, and we're going to see social networking fall by the wayside, except for you know the few that are sort of the big guys, uh, and they'll stick around, but. Yeah, I'm just I'm just tired of being asked to try out new social networks. It's like, no, I've got I've got a social network. I have one in real life. I also have like one online. Done. Anyways, so uh, I'll pass it from one curmudgeon to the next. Phil, what do you got for us?
2: Well, since we're uh, we're, we're air- airing our grievances today, um, <laughs> traditional. This is the yes. Festivus episode,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And and your talk of bubbles bursting uh, uh, segues nicely into what I want to talk about, which is serial entrepreneurs. I don't want to. So, Mister uh, Kellogg, Mister Post, exactly, exactly, Captain, Crunch. <laughs> Captain <laughs> Crunch. Yes, indeed.
0: Yes, the cuckoo, yes. cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Guy. Yeah.
2: Cap and Crunch Sunny. is a is a titan of industry. No, no, Serial, S E R I A L. Jason, and um, not to get too insidey baseball uh, on the listeners, but we get we get pitched on a lot of products. So people want us to write about the products, and the the term that always comes up in pitches that that just sets off alarm bells for me is it it's it's uh, it's a product conceived by a serial entrepreneur. And um, I, I wanted to, to see if anyone else uh, – if that set anyone else's teeth on edge. Jason?
0: You know, boy, that phrase, it does it does bother me because it, it feels like – they want it to feel like code for entrepreneurs are exciting and this guy is always making new cool stuff and, you know, you liked his last thing so you'll like this thing and – I actually look at that and I'm like, oh, so this is somebody who's got a short attention span um, but happens to know people or have enough money that they can like just throw a bunch of spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. And I, I don't necessarily take it as a positive. If, if it's somebody who has something in their in their CV that's like, oh, they made that really cool site, it makes it a little more interesting. But generally, I mean, generally any boasting about who your investors are, I mean, because let's not just say serial entrepreneurs, those press releases that are like, well, you've never heard of this crazy half-brained thing, but it's got this guy investing in it. And it's like, I don't care who invested in it. What's the product? Tell me about the product. And serial entrepreneur, yeah, it sets me off because for me, that is code for person who has uh, no attention span and just starts a bunch of companies and we'll see what happens. And then they'll be move, they'll sell it and move on to the next one, which makes me more skeptical, I'd say.
3: Um, yeah, that just, it's, it's seems like code for I'm, I'm building this to sell it instead of this is my passion project that I, you know, lay up at night thinking about. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's sort of a weird thing to call yourself too. Like if, I don't know, it seems sort of congratulatory, which is always annoying in a press release. Um, I kept hearing, I was listening to this podcast for a while where they kept playing this commercial where it was for a home security system and they would point out that the guy was a Harvard Business School trained engineer which would always kind of catch me like Harvard Business School is turning out engineers now. And that's kind of weird. But um, I don't know, like just talk about the product. And, and the founder is important, but not as important as the founder always thinks that they are.
0: They're serial engineers.
3: Yeah, it seems like a serial. It's serial mm, really engineer thing, like gives me the same kind of tooth pain that that, that phrase did. So <laughs> I'm with you, Phil.
0: Right on.
1: I just feel like if, you know, the word serial itself, I mean, serial killers. Serial ports. <laughs> These are all things I don't like, and and serial serial entrepreneurs. I, I don't know. That's yeah. I'm with Jason about the the attention span thing. I, I just don't I don't get it. It's like especially because in so many cases I feel like their previous ventures aren't successful, <laughs> um, and so it's like, well, that didn't work. I'm on to the next thing. Exactly. I mean, I guess I'm a serial unpublished novelist, but that doesn't sound very good either. I mean, serial. I don't know. It doesn't seem like just doing something a lot is necessarily a indication that you're any good at it. <laughs> um, but I I agree that the, it's one of the many phrases that show up in PR pitches uh, that really make me shake my head. Um, also disrupting anything unless it's, I don't know, like Communications or something. I'm not a fan.
2: Well, we we are all in agreement, and the the, the reason I brought this up is to me it, it feels almost like an indicator that we're on the on the verge of a, a new tech bubble. When you have uh, uh, serial entrepreneurs running around from one project to the next, trying to trying to to, to make their cash grab before the uh b- before the window closes and. Not to invoke uh, uh, Apple on this, but I don't think Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak were sitting around in their garage in the '70s building building Apple computers and thinking, "Oh boy, now we can now that we've made our nut here, we can go on and uh, uh, fund our next thing." And as as Dan Morin said, it does invoke uh, uh, the, the phrase serial killer. So I, I imagine these, these entrepreneurs down in a dungeon.
1: Ooh, serial entrepreneur killer. Yes. That's, that's my pitch. It puts the lotion on the VC
2: funding. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Yes. Normal entrepreneurs, uh, start a company in the garage. Serial entrepreneurs start
2: down in the business dungeon. Yes. So knock it off PR people and, <laughs> and, and entrepreneurs stick to one thing. Stick to one thing, build a thing, build something that lasts. Don't keep moving around, flitting from from one pretty thing to the next.
0: Boo-hiss. There you go. Financial advice from people in the media right here. You heard yeah. it. Yeah. Um, okay, my turn. Uh, I have the despondent, speaking of being in the media, the despondent topic. Will people on the internet pay for anything? No. Now, I know they'll pay for things like... Apps or they'll order things on Amazon. But I'm talking especially about our business, which is uh, information, the media. And speaking of the word information, Jessica Lesson, who is at the uh, Wall Street Journal, uh, just launched a website called The Information. And it's a subscription based. Site reporting about technology and Silicon Valley, including a lot of those serial entrepreneurs. I suppose um, the 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 catch is it's a subscription only site. You pay thirty dollars a month or like three hundred fifty dollars a year or something like that, and uh, otherwise you don't get to read the articles. And there aren't a lot of those now. And there's a, a fascinating and I consider it actually kind of a dispiriting debate about this launch, where a lot of people are saying uh, it'll never work because the moment that they write something, somebody else will pick it up and summarize it and um, and then nobody will actually need to go read their site. While other people say for this site to be successful, they probably only need about what 3,000 5,000 subscribers and a lot of since it's a business focused site, a lot of people will have their business get a subscription to it. So and it, and it's a small staff and it's a, a web oriented company. It doesn't have all the overhead of something like the Wall Street Journal. It's got I think eight staff, something like that and they're probably not all full time. But you know, it it does make me sad to think about the the fact that maybe the business that we're in, maybe information on the internet, um, is something that people just won't pay for because there will always be, even if it's crappier, there will always be a free alternative. So, I guess what I wanted to ask you guys is. Is this despondent view that information that, that is the product of the work that people like us do, uh, it must always be given away? Or is there some hope in looking at something like the information or something else like, I don't know, ebooks or online magazines or some other way for uh, people to actually uh, give money for the content that they get instead of having to rely on stuff that's free with ads? Susie, what do you think?
3: Um, well, I think that it's just kind of two different models. Like, the, someone's are always paying for it. It's just a, a question of whether it's the people reading it or the advertisers that are putting their ads on it. Um, so I think if the, um, the ad-supported model, I mean, they can, you know, monetize with eBooks and other things because sometimes people want to keep something. Like, if, you, if you, you read free stuff on a website, that website could go dark at any second, and then you would be done unless you'd put all that stuff in your Evernote or whatever. But, um so you know ebooks are a nice way for people to be able to keep something and kind of support you know like you buy a book of your favorite webcomic cuz it's fun to have and i think they'll the um advertising sites can do that Um, But I think there's probably a good market, too, for for the subscription-based thing if the information's good and people don't mind paying for it, especially if you can just, you know, have your business pay for it. Um, I think that's going to work, too. And if the advertising model isn't doing as well as it used to be, which we all know it's not – it's it's kind of exciting to see these new models poke out and maybe, you know, eventually, like, one will catch on and, and it'll sort of be a new normal for everyone. Like, we were all used to running VHS movies and now we don't. And so, you know, everything kind of marches on. So um, it'll be really interesting to see if they're successful. I mean, I wish them all the best.
1: I Well, it's interesting. I mean, if you look at various uh, other types of media, for example, the flip side of that would be, like, there's not a lot of times where you go and get a magazine off this, you know, or a book, you know, so you can go buy a hardcover book or something, but it's free. Only there are ads in the book, right? Like we yeah. all, we all kind of accept that the the established model for a book is you buy a book. Um, <laughs> uh, well, sorry, bookstores are dying, anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I think that you know it currently it does seem like the de facto way to do that with um, online content is ads. Um, and it's a little strange because, you know, we're coming at that from a, a a system where it's something that you buy that also has ads in it, like a newspaper or a magazine where you usually, you know, hand over some money for it or have a subscription for it that you have paid for. But there are also ads inside those as well. So it's kind of like the balance has shifted from the books on one end of the spectrum through the print media, magazines and newspapers all the way to like free on the Internet. But that said, there's always exceptions to those rules. I mean, I get a local magazine for the city I live in that's, you know, free, but it's mostly ads that are by local businesses. In um, the same way that you can make a successful site, I think, with a paywall, uh, it, it depends on your audience, right? And, and we've found that the audience for paywall stuff on the internet tends to be things like businesses or very, very specialized information that people want access to, uh, you know, whether it be something like your Consumer Reports or your Cooks Illustrated or Wall Street Journal or the information, right? You know, these are things that uh, because of the nature of their content, they're considered so good and so specialized that the people who are interested in that information are perfectly willing to pay for it. So I I think it's gonna be, uh, there's a spectrum and I, I don't think that necessarily pay content is going to become the predominant way of doing that on the internet, but I think it is going to prove to be a larger chunk than it is right now.
2: Bill, will people on the internet pay for anything? Well, before I answer that, Jason, I just want to say that I'm enjoying a very lovely cup of Pete's coffee and <laughs> people should head on down to Pete's coffee now to, to pick up a, a, a nice you – know, do- see what I'm doing here is I'm inserting advertising before I get to the, the – you're always paying for content. You yes. People on the internet, whether whether you know it or not. And um, on a side note, if you're using an ad blocker and and getting free content from a, a website, you are history's worst monster. And there's I, a I, lump of coal going in and, your stomach. And I and I and I and I I wish you nothing but suffering. No, I I think there uh, is a place for uh, uh, paid content on on the the internet. It's always going to be uh, for for smaller niche selected audiences. And I also think that the um, uh, abundance of uh – Terrible free content on the web is going to uh, force a reckoning where there are only so many uh, articles that you can read that are along the lines of 20 cats that look like world leaders and, <laughs> and, and things like – and, and uh, articles that people have written for free for uh, – uh, that, that contain horrific misspellings and, and, and uh, terrible information and, and are just copy and paste jobs. I think at some point … Yeah, there there are some people that are always going to be satisfied with that, but there are some people who are always satisfied with uh, with with terrible things. Another uh, another segment of the population, which is uh, far more desirous to have, is uh, gonna gonna seek out good content and be willing to uh, uh, pay for it. Much like I'm willing to pay for the delicious coffee from ah. Pete's.
0: Very nice. That's that's very good. I'm glad we've solved everything that's wrong with the the media. And I have come up with a business plan, which is premium sites should sponsor crappy sites that cover the same stuff they do and insert text (laughs) ads that say, hey, this story isn't very good. If you'd like to read a good version of it, visit us. Anyway, that's my topic sponsored by Wheat Thins. Susie, what do you have?
3: So it's December, what is it today, the 11th? 12th. 12. Oh my gosh. So yeah, <laughs> that is the, it's getting down to the wire and I have bought exactly one Christmas present so far. So let's kind of get a nicer um, lighter topic that'll also help me out big time which everyone knows what kind of gadgets they want to get for the holidays um what are you guys excited to give to people of the techie nature is anyone giving any techy gifts for the holidays this year
1: that is a great question i was really hoping i would go later in this so i too could steal no i uh no i uh you know i'm excited to potentially my my mom is has a uh, a virgin mobile like candy bar nokia phone (laughs) Mm. from probably like 1994 uh and i'm i'm kind of excited We're we're talking about getting her an iphone um and i think that that could be a lot of fun she has an ipad and really likes it and i think she will she will really enjoy the iphone though i got a call from my dad the other day who said well what if she doesn't use it that much in the first six months, and we want to sell it back? And I was like, I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I guess that's My a valid mom question. Loves
3: her iPhone. I just got Yeah.
1: See, it, I, I, you know, who doesn't really? Uh, yeah. But I honestly, the gadgets that I find sort of kind of intriguing for uh, you know holiday giving are less of the technology nature and more like things like. Cooking gadgets, oh, um, yeah. those are always fun. It's cool. It's cool to give people cooking gadgets, uh, that because I feel like that enables you to do something productive with it. That like you know make great food, share great food, all that stuff. So that's kind of my that's my cop out answer.
3: Oh, that's
2: good. Phil, what do you got? I am a terrible person to ask this because I've reached the age in my life where I don't like giving people um, things. I like giving them experiences. Like uh, here's a. <laughs>
3: Why Sorry, are you laughing? it sounded... <laughs> this is a wonderful sounded, sentiment. Thr-
1: it sounded threatening. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah well, I'll give you an I'll experience. give you an experience. <laughs> you get a bag, put on your head, you get thrown in the car. And, Would then, you like to play a game? Who <laughs> knows what happens next.
2: <laughs> no, I, the, trips and nights out and going to the theater and and, and, and things like that. that uh, culture. Culture, yes. But um, uh, to that end, my wife uh, has been... Um, has been making do with a very old iPhone. Let, let's just let's just mm. say that, and it has reached uh, it has reached the end of its life. And um, uh, I, I uh, an upgrade to the um, geez, even an upgrade to the iPhone five. Not even the five C or 5S is going to be. <laughs> it's it's going to be like what an age to be alive with its flying cars. Yeah, it's like and, a Buck Rogers device for her. Yeah. What sorcery is this? <laughs> yeah. Where it's gonna, she's going to be like Aristotle's man emerging from the cave. <laughs>
3: so you're uh, getting the gold one, right?
2: Yeah, the, <laughs> something like that. No. So <laughs> let's not – I don't want to spoil her. Plus I'm giving experiences too. Uh, so uh, Jason, now that Dan Morin has sneered at my gift-giving approach, <laughs> maybe you can uh, – get made fun of. Wow. I'm a te-
0: no, I'm a terrible person and I have I've tried to maintain a list of things that I might get for my wife for the holidays at all and the only thing on it now is a larger selection of of uh d- dinner table napkins that match because we only have 3 <laughs> napkins. Uh, our largest collection of matching napkin sets is three. So when six people come over for a dinner party, it's like napkin randoms, you know, random napkins for everyone, and that's really not exciting when napkins is the only thing on your list. So I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I am gonna We're go screwed. with Dan. It's
3: the twelfth.
0: Are they
2: are they high tech napkins? I, I that's the uh, made of space age materials.
1: Can I recommend a BuzzFeed article? Twenty hottest napkins to get your spouse for the holiday season. That's great. It's, it's got, it's got, you images. won't
2: believe the napkins this tech entrepreneur got his wife. <laughs> <laughs> napkins that look like world leaders. Yes,
0: exactly. So, what I'm saying is, kitchen gadgets is the way to go. Um, I've <laughs> definitely looked at kitchen, various kitchen gadgets, and I actually think that that's one of the areas we, we get so focused on consumer, you know, computer tech. The kitchen stuff has really, I mean, back in the day, you know, it was uh, having a food processor like to chop things was, a, was a, a startling revelation, but there's a lot of really cool stuff like, uh, those silicone mats that you can use on cookie sheets instead of having to like grease a cookie sheet or use wax paper or something like that and there's a, Breville makes this crazy automatic tea maker that will steep yes! your tea, it'll drop it put awesome. the tea in the basket, you can set it so like overnight it just sits there waiting biding its time and then right before you wake up it boils the water, it drops in the leaves, it lifts the leaves back out and then ding, I don't know if it actually dings you got you got fresh brewed tea and then you wake up, it's, it's crazy so I'm gonna say look for the kitchen gadgets but I don't know exactly what i'm going to be getting
3: kitchen gadgets is inspired i think
1: well that, we, we've solved we've solved your wish list problem Susie, and yeah. and shopping for all your friends and family so I'm, i hope you appreciate that service that we provide I do. And to and Thank to our you. listeners at home, so uh, I think we've we're, saved we're, Christmas, we,
2: <laughs> but ruined Hanukkah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's 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 how we do it around here. But uh, so we have just a little bit of time left, and we're going to use our our, uh, our remaining time to use one of our totally unrelated questions, and and this will build off our last question. I want to know from you guys what is your favorite holiday tradition? Could be yours, your family's, or just something sort of in general that people do that you enjoy.
2: Phil, <laughs> holiday I, music, right? <laughs> No, um, uh, I like um, I like watching terrible Christmas movies and making fun of them. These are the the movies that air on like the Hallmark Channel or the the <laughs> Lifetime Channel, where it's the the town that canceled Christmas or uh, or or Christmas comes to Johnsonville. Or uh, I, I I I'm a very uh, uh, i I find joy in laughter and usually in laughter at at things that I don't like I, so, I hear there's a uh, social media network just for people like you uh, yeah it, it's me and and a bunch of other cranky people that, uh, <laughs> that scream what is the meaning of this so i I like watching um uh, uh terrible Christmas movies and and getting a good laugh at them
1: Jason what's your uh holiday tradition of choice
0: uh well that's a that's a great one um I would say since uh, my wife is Jewish, so I actually I'm going to go with the Hanukkah thing. I think I think we have this great blended family where we do where we have a Christmas tree um, with lots of fun ornaments on it. Um, Phil and his wife actually gave us a, a, a monkey of the month club, where so we have twelve uh, little monkey ornaments all over our tree every year, which is actually a lot of fun. Um, and then we also have uh, Hanukkah, so we've got uh, menorahs and stuff like that. And it's a really nice. This year it didn't overlap quite so much because of the, of the whole Thanksgiving thing, but um I like that. I like that combination and my kids love it because they get way too many presents. <laughs> and and that's why we're kind of used to
1: love that as a kid. It was great. Honestly,
0: when we get to Christmas, we're kind of tapped out. It's like, "Geez, more presents really?" So the they get, you know, the presents they get during Hanukkah aren't that great because we got to stretch it out over many nights, but anyway, I'd say that's my favorite holiday tradition is that is that whole we get like this this year it's like a whole month of crazy various different uh holiday things all mashed together and it's fun. Susie, what about you?
3: Um, I would say junk food, but I think I'm going to be more specific <laughs> and narrow it down to candy canes. I love candy canes. They're amazing. Really? My mom has this picture of me when I was a little kid, like with all the Christmas gifts open, and I'm holding up a candy cane like I'm Lionel from the Thundercats. <laughs> I'm just so excited. So I've already had like a whole box of them myself this, this month already. So, and you know, there's many more to come. I, you can tie them onto presents as a little, you know, like with the bow, you tie a little candy cane in there. You can put them in your coffee or your hot chocolate. They're amazing. Candy canes. Not Candy not, cane.
2: Not a fan. Oh. Too sticky.
0: See, I was going to say, so those good. those who don't like candy canes, give your candy canes to Susie. Yeah,
3: Susie, yeah. you will be getting a package I eat them from me. All. <laughs> I mean, I don't like those fruity ones and no, the no, ones no. that taste like No, cherry. no, no, traditional, gross. sure. It's like yeah. a cough syrup, the cough drop in a candy cane shape. That's candy nasty. candy
2: canes are just hard candy that's putting on airs.
0: Yeah, <laughs> She loves it. See, she's embraced it, Phil. You can't even crack her no, ex- her, her, her hard candy exterior. <laughs> yeah. Which actually goes all the uh, way through because there's nothing in a candy cane. It is all candy. Yeah.
1: Or cane. Or cane. Uh,
0: and cane, Dan. And, and cane.
1: And cane. The best part. Um, well, I I, I kind of go for a, a schmaltzy one, which is I on uh, Christmas Eve we my family always someone always reads uh, the night before uh, tw- night before Christmas oh, yeah. or a, a visit from Saint Nick. Um, and in recent years, it's been passed on to the smaller kids. Used to make my grandfather until he passed away, but we we always have a good time with that. But I really miss that my my grandmother's old house. She had these little uh, porcelain angels that each were holding a letter and spelled out Noel. And every year, I used to rearrange them surreptitiously to spell Leon, and then <laughs> she would change them back. Sur- and we had like this ongoing war so i missed that but that was that was a lot of fun
0: awesome holidays are great
1: uh yeah and uh we've got a couple more episodes of clockwise before the holiday season do we finishes up i think we do well i think we one, have at least one more one that might be our Next that week. might be our last episode of the year yeah who knows i think so
2: let's not pro- make any promises we can't keep Then <laughs> tomorrow is promised to no man that's true <laughs>
1: But right now, we've been carefully watching the clock, so that's all the time we have.
0: Phil Michaels, thanks for being here.
2: It was a pleasure.
0: Susie Oaks, thank you so much for coming and sharing your crippling candy cane addiction with us. Thank you. (laughs) So until next time, from all of us here at Clockwise, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye.